Well, good evening, and I want to welcome you to our third episode of Dealing with Anxiety and Depression. And I hope that you've been helped over the last two evenings. And I'm really excited to have Kelly Burns with us here uh, tonight. And uh, we're going to be dealing with a, just a unique portion of depression and anxiety here. And I, before we begin, I just want, um, Kelly, would you introduce yourself and, and then tell us what you do? Okay, of course. Yeah. Um, like, it, like you said, I'm Kelly Burns. Um, I am a licensed professional clinical counselor, and I am in practice at Northwest Ohio Christian Counseling. So um, my area of interest is in the mental health field and uh, being able to help kids of all ages, young adults, and families. Great. So with that, I think the unique part that uh, I'm excited about as well is Kelly's a Christian as well. And so she brings that um, the professional side of dealing with mental health from a Christian perspective as well. She is saved. She is a member of Monclova Road Baptist Church. And uh, as the pastor at Monclova Road, I know that she's helped many people. Um, and I, re I refer uh, everyone that comes to my office that has problems with children or even young adults, especially in this subject matter. Um, she's the, the first person I refer them to. And so as we speak this evening, and whether you're watching live or you come back and watch this video, um, I hope that this session, especially if you have children, teens, young adults, um, that you'll just take special note to this and know that there is help for your family. And so we're going to take about 45 minutes here, and um, I want to dig right into this and begin to have uh, Kelly really help us as we um, uh, talk about depression and anxiety. So um, I, think, I think, Kelly, one of the questions probably a lot of people ask and want to know because they feel like they're alone. They feel like maybe I'm the only person dealing with this. Mm -hmm. Um, how prevalent is depression in teens and young adults? And uh, to add to that as well, do you see it getting worse um, with just everything happening in society today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, depression is um, one of the most common uh, things that people seek counseling for. It's one of the most common things that, that I treat and many counselors treat. Um, Research tells us about 28% of teens will experience some kind of depression. Wow. Um, there's females are afflicted about one and a half to three times more so than, than the male, then that's across all populations. Um, and it is on the increase. There's lots and lots of studies and research to support that. In fact, there was a very uh, broad uh, study a longitudinal study that showed us that for the past decade that uh, the ages between 12 and 17 increased 52% with major depression. And then uh, the, the age group of young adults, 18 to 25, increased 63%. Wow. So it definitely is on the rise. Um, just from, you know, a, a more anecdotal type um, perspective, Seven out of 10 of teenagers, if you ask them if you know about anxiety and depression, um, they will either know somebody or they'll be struggling with those issues themselves. So practically speaking, uh, teens and young adults are either struggling themselves or they know somebody directly that is struggling. Wow. 
28%. That's what you said, 28%. Yeah. So a parent or a teenager needs to understand going into this, they're not alone. There right. is a, a large percentage of young people that um, are experiencing depression or anxiety. Why do you think this is so important to know this moving forward? Well, the onset of depression in adolescence puts them at risk to be um, for developing a number of other mental health issues and conditions later on in life. Um, you know, of that 28% that's uh, struggling with depression, um, only 80% uh, or only 20% gets treatment. Okay, so that leaves 80% that's out there that is untreated. Um, that's concerning, and most concerning with depression is, of course, the, that suicide um, presents with, with depression. So left untreated, those suicidal ideations um, can result in, in a suicide. Um, over the past um, 25 years or so, suicide has actually gone down, although it has tripled among young people ages 15 to 24. Um, it's the third leading cause of death for our, wow. our teens. Um, there's even new research out that puts it at the second leading cause of death. So it's, it's very concerning. It's very um, reason to be concerned if left untreated. And so that just tells us how important this of a, a subject matter this is. And um, do you see this in, in Christian communities as well it's not just yeah. something in the in the secular community christian homes are feel, dealing with this too aren't they yes yes absolutely yeah it's across the board um i think people hear the word depression and anxiety a lot and mm -hmm. you know are we having a bad day am i really depressed am i anxious about uh, an event or am i experiencing anxiety what what are the symptoms and and how can a parent or a teenager know that they're dealing with and struggling with depression yeah okay yeah that's a good point because we do tend to use those those terms you know loosely right. i'm depressed i'm anxious and, and and those are feelings um but what we're talking about here today is is a diagnosable depression okay so um and i'll talk a little bit more about the the, the differences in that. Um, so, so some of the symptoms of, of a diagnosable depression would be um, somatic complaints. That's complaining of, I don't feel good, having aches and pains that, where there's no medical basis, um, fatigue, lack of energy, just not having that motivation, complaints of feeling tired all the time. Um, you will also see cognitive changes, um, difficulty concentrating, um, difficulty with sustained attention. Um, there's also changes in how you think that you actually become very negative and you start interpreting things as being very negative. Um, there can be an increase in sleep. So you might sleep more or you might sleep less. You might have difficulty with staying asleep. Um, same thing with, with appetite changes and weight gain. You could see an increase or you could see a decrease. I think the thing to pay attention to is just a change, something different from what has been your norm or your baseline. There can also be struggles just with the daily hygiene, functioning, getting through the day, getting up, getting showered, getting dressed, getting off to school, you know, completing homework, um, completing chores, that sort of thing. 
uh, just really becomes a struggle. Um, social withdrawal or changes in your peer group. There, there's a pulling away and an isolation that happens despite really wanting and desiring um, that contact socially. There's a loss of interest in things that were previously pleasurable. So you could see, you know, hobbies, sports, clubs, activities like that, just not becoming important anymore. And um, a person just kind of pulling out of those things. Overall sadness uh, or an increase in emotions. Um, sense of hopelessness is just kind of pervasive. Feelings of worthlessness or excessive guilt. Um, thoughts of death or thoughts of suicide. Now, how would a, if a, if a child is withdrawing or a teenager or a young adult is withdrawing, they're going through college. And a lot of times I know as a parent, I, I don't see immediate things in my children. Maybe, maybe someone else, a teacher or somebody that doesn't deal with them as much might see some things, but I'm with them constantly. I, mm -hmm. this, can this happen over a period of time or are these things instant that a, a parent would just say yesterday they were fine today, yeah. something seems wrong. How, how can they really work through that when you're used to seeing your child every day um, and you might not pick up on some of those things right away? Right. Yeah. I think especially with the, with the peers and you know, the social stuff uh, you know, it is normal for, for kids to pull away from, from parents and to be more drawn to those peers. So it's true that your peers may have a different perception of you than, than what the, the, the parents and the family is seeing. Um, but, but, but keep in mind, I, I, I do believe that parents know their kids best. And so you are, are likely going to notice some changes. Um, these, these symptoms of depression are not instantaneous. We are talking um, weeks and months okay. of, of, of this being a pattern. Okay, it doesn't have to be all of those symptoms, but at least five of them uh, for it to to be reason to be concerned and reason to think maybe my child is uh, uh, struggling with depression. So it's a matter of frequency and duration in, in those symptoms. Okay, okay. Now, we're speaking of depression when it comes to a teenager. Um, what is the difference and are there differences between uh, teenage depression and adult depression? Yeah, there absolutely is. And, and that's an excellent question because, um, you know, anybody who has teenagers or, or has been around teenagers will say that, yeah, that describes the teen, you know, any day of the week right. because their emotions are up and down, you know, the hormones are going crazy and you know they're complaining about things and they're sleeping all the time um so so it's important to look beyond that okay again frequency and duration over time we're talking a, a pattern that just doesn't seem to go away okay, okay. Um, but specifically with with teenagers depression can look different than adult depression in a few different areas um the somatic complaints okay those are you know the, the complaints about not feeling well that is usually um, one of the, the first symptoms that you might see, especially the younger the age of the, of the child or the teen. Um, that is oftentimes the first thing that, that, that they begin to display or, or verbalize. Um, along with that, that sense of sadness, you may see sadness with, your, with a teenager, but it can also come out as irritability. 
Okay. And you might see things like disrespect or defiance or just a attitude, anger and hostility, those sorts of things. So um, you want to pay attention to that. It's not all the time just a pervasive sadness. It could also be an irritability or an anger that is okay. present. Um, a sensitivity to criticism. Now, again, I know that, that lots of teens are sensitive to, to criticism, but um, there can be just a, a poor resilience to any type of perceived criticism or evaluation that occurs. Um, moodiness, again, typical for teenagers, normal kinds of behavior, but it's, it's a moodiness that's more intense and it's without provocation. Uh, that we want to pay attention to here. Changes in, in academics, okay, you might see a drop in grades, um, okay. or you might see, um, more so with, with the anxiety, you might see um, a person who's perfectionistic and is just really driven about their grades um, okay. in, in a way that's just kind of over and above even what's realistic. Um, you might see some, some risky behaviors. Uh, you might see some breaking the rules, skipping classes, some recklessness. You can even see um, the start of experimenting with drinking or drugs. Okay. okay. And then lastly, I think just self-injury. Uh, sometimes there can be things like cutting or burning that happens when, when depression is present. Okay. Now, we, we've, we're talking about depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, what what would you say the difference between those two are? Um, mm -hmm. Are they the same thing? Because a lot of times we hear those two words together. Right. Is someone going to experience depression and anxiety? Can you experience one or the other? Um, is there the does depression lead to anxiety or vice versa? Yeah, the the two oftentimes do go hand in hand. Uh, okay. You oftentimes see uh, depression with bouts of anxiety. You can also see anxiety with bouts of depression. Okay. Um, so the anxiety is going to have a whole lot more, um, you know, symptoms of worrying, worrying, uh, excessive worries, fears, avoidance, um, things like that. But but the result is over time that those worries just leave a person feeling depleted. And that's when you can start to see those de that depression um, fall into place. Yeah. So they, they are very closely linked, different but closely linked. Okay. We, uh, everything you just described, I have five children, one son and four girls. And girls are definitely mm -hmm. different than, than boys. Mm -hmm. um, I know that's not always the same, but in my home, um, a lot of things you described um, are just, just, common things that teenagers go through. Um, mm -hmm. Do I look like everyone else? And so they start to care about their weight or they start to care about how they look. They do care about their grades. They, they start to care about things and they just go through those turbulent years as an adolescent. Um, so what you're saying um, can describe the average teenager or young adult going through college or right after college um, but I think what I'm hearing is the longevity that when this starts to become the norm in their life, is that, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. It's that duration, you know, normal behavior to change moods, you know, 10 times during the same day. 
Okay, but but if you're seeing that that moodiness over a long period of time and again more intense than okay. what what needs to be for the situation, what's appropriate for the situation. Because there are some things like getting into high school. Um, uh, when when boys start to show interest, um, we see them go through these mood swings or this anxiety mm -hmm. of maybe a new job. Um, but when they begin to become the norm and they don't get through these things and their, their personalities mm -hmm. or their, their attitudes start to change, this is when you're saying as a parent, they really need to take note of those things and not just assume it's going to go away. Right, right. I, I mean, there's different ki kinds of depression. Okay, so there is depression that is um, triggered or the result of, um, you know, a stressful event um, or, or a circumstance, a, a situation. Um, but the the idea being that, you know, within about six months, that person should be able to normally work through that experience, and then that depression goes away. Okay. okay. Um, so, you know, that being said, even with, say, like a loss or a grief or something like that, um, it's not that you can really put a timetable on that. It's just the idea that it's going on longer and begins to cause problems in multiple areas of that person's life. Um, in their work, in their school, in their relationships, um, in in their in their family, um, those sorts of things. So we've talked um, previously on our series that we're doing here of what is depression, what is anxiety. We've looked at those things. Where I was really excited to have you on is once we know what depression is and anxiety is and we begin to identify that in ourselves or as a parent we're identifying that in our children um what should a parent do if they suspect their child is going through depression or going through anxiety what do we do i i know as a parent i i think i'm supposed to have all the answers for my kids and um you know, we keep things somewhat secret and, and it, what happens in our home stays in our home. But it, the reality is when dealing with depression and anxiety, a parent should not feel bad or should not feel inadequate or something's wrong with them if they can't supply all of the answers within themselves to help their young person. Would you agree with that? Right, right. It's important to keep in mind that, that you can't um, you can't really diagnose depression in someone. The only, the only people that can diagnose depression is going to be a licensed counselor, social worker, marriage and family therapist, or doctor. Okay, so it's not something that you can just tell from a person um, that they are depressed. So there, there is the need for an evaluation, and and that will consist of you know lots of questions and lots of further evaluation, um, gathering of history, you know, looking at those symptoms much uh, more closely and just the context of what's going on, okay? Um, so th the first thing to do as a parent is if you're concerned, okay, if a lot of these symptoms are, are coming up and they've kind of, they're hanging around, um, they're not going away, um, then the first step would be to get an evaluation. Okay. Um, and, and that is done in a confidential setting. 
Um, and, you know, even with, with the young person, you know, that it's confidential uh, to them too. And um, I know sometimes kids feel like they don't have anything that's confidential or private, <laughs> but, right. but you really do. In right. this kind of a setting, it's important to have that. Now, um, I've never, if I've never dealt with depression or anxiety as, as, an, as an adult, so mm-hmm. I've never sought help. When you say to, to, to seek that, that counseling, that help, that diagnosis, where do I even start? Like, what does that mean if, if I don't know? You know? Do I pull up the yellow pages? Do I Google it? Yeah, um, yeah. Where do I even begin to look for help? Um, I, don't even, I don't know where to start. If I'm, if I'm a parent right now, I don't even know where to begin. How can you help a parent right now that says, I, I think that my child is struggling or a teenager that's listening to this, a young adult mm-hmm. listening to this says, she's describing me. That's, mm-hmm. that's who I am. Or she's, and I want help. Um, how, what am I looking for? Um, where do I go? Do I go to my family doctor? Where, where do I begin? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, you could call me. I'll be happy to talk with you on the phone. and. Um, you know, provide some consultation by phone um, and, and just help you with, with those next steps, okay? Um, there's a number of other, you know, um, good counselors in the area. We've got some other Christian counselors that I know of up front, um, if that's a concern for you. Um, so, so that very well could be the first step. Another first step could be a doctor's evaluation, you know, talking it over with, with your uh, primary care physician. There are some medical issues that can also uh, result in symptoms of depression. So sometimes a good physical is a, is a good starting place um, to rule out some of those um, things like a low thyroid, a low vitamin D deficiency, anemia, um, some things like that. Um, understand that a doctor will not provide counseling. They will not provide the psychotherapy in order to learn skills, to manage it, to cope with it, and they're not going to provide uh, that help to to figure out those underlying causes or reasons. Okay, okay. Um, so um, you know, as a parent, I think it's important to approach um, your young person or to approach the young adult that you're concerned about in a non-judgmental way and in a compassionate way for concerns. Okay. okay. Tell your, tell your teen what, what you're seeing. Okay. okay. I, I've noticed that you're struggling. I've noticed that you seem more sad. I've noticed that you're more on edge lately. I'm concerned about you. If you state it that way, as opposed to um, an opinion, you know, I think you're depressed. Uh, that will likely go much further and um, express to them that you care enough about what's going on in their life and how they're feeling that you're not willing to let it go, okay? That you're available to listen, you're available to, to help them to get the help that, that they could need. Um, offer hope and reassurances. This is treatable, um, that, that, that this is something that can get better, okay? But as a parent, you need to take the first step. Very rarely will a child come to you and say, I need help. If they do, that's great. You definitely want to listen and, and respond to that. 
um, you want to monitor them. You know, if you've just got some suspicions in your head, you want to keep a close eye on them. Watch for some of those other symptoms. Okay. And then know as a parent that this is not your fault. Okay. This is not something that you can fix. And that this is not about you. This is about your child. And I know that parents see their children as an extension of themselves, but this is not about you. You didn't cause it. And, and staying stuck with that is, is likely to become a barrier. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to take the focus off of your, your child getting the help that they need. Um, Depression is not a sign of weakness, and it's not a character flaw. Okay? Most people with depression need help to get better. They need treatment. Well, you just said so many helpful things there. Um, I think everything you just said right there was worth listening to this. Um, because so often as parents, we, we want to just come in, fix it, listen to what I'm saying, do what I'm saying. I know what I'm talking about. And, um, wow, just, just what you said there was, was amazing. And, um, I hope if you're listening to this, that you, you hear what she just said and that approach to helping people. Um, what, um, so I, I'm hearing what you're saying. I, I, I approach my my um, young adult, my teenager as a parent. We agree. Yes, I need help and I want to get help. Um, what is that? What does treatment look like? Um, what does it entail? Like what, what do I what can I expect moving forward if we both realize we need to help yeah. and we agree to get it? Okay. Um, well, you know, after the diagnosis. Uh, counseling is, is um, the, the treatment plan is, is individualized uh, to each and every person. The, in general, it's going to provide um, some education about depression. What, what is this condition? You know, what, what can you expect? And um, help you get prepared for that. It's going to help you set up some structures. It's going to help you to set up some uh, co-plan uh, and help learn about yourself and to know yourself better so that you have the strengths that you need to be able to um to work through this okay and again just recognize uh, the nature of of the illness and how to get through those difficult times good well that's if my team go wants to go to counseling what do i do if they don't agree to go what if this becomes conflict in my home Mm-hmm. Do I avoid it? Do I just say, uh, I'm just going to pray it gets better? Uh, in your professional opinion, what if my team will not agree? What do I do as a parent? Okay. Well, that's where it's, it's, it's important to know um, that it, it's difficult. Okay. That first step is difficult. And um, it depends on the severity, but again, I, I have found that if you approach them from the standpoint that you are too important to me to let this go, uh, I'm with you, I know it's hard, but y- you are just too important to me to let this go. Um, offer, offer to go with them, okay? Um, offer to, um, if the child still doesn't want to go, you can go to that counselor yourself and learn about how to best help this, this, uh, this teenager so that they don't feel so singled out as the problem, okay? You've got the problem, you need to go to counseling. Let them know that you are in this together, 
you're willing to go together, you know, parents, team to be involved. Okay. Part of that, part of that counseling and part of that education is teaching those support persons what they need to know to be able to support better. So it really does involve them. And and, and that's, that's very important. Know that resistance initially is not all that uncommon. And if you, if you seek out a counselor that's experienced working with teens, uh, they will they will know how to deal with that and can can usually work through that. Um, my experience has been that while some teens are resistant at first, that doesn't usually per- persist. That given the opportunity to talk in a safe and confidential environment, that they really do engage, and that being able to do that um, really is the first step to taking some control over this situation and figuring out what to do next. It's important to find the right fit too, you know, um, that if if that resistance, you know, persists uh, and you're just not getting anywhere with that person, then it may be necessary to look to find that that right fit where that that teenager feels comfortable. Do you do you suggest that if a if there is resistance that a a parent can seek a counselor out for let's say for you for instance, if if my child is going through depression or anxiety and refuses to go see a counselor. Mm-hmm. Can, should I call you and meet with you and you help me as a parent walk through these steps to mm-hmm. deal with my child? Um, so there's still help for the parent um, right. in how, even though the child may initially be resistant to go to get the help. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Oftentimes the first time I meet with, um, with, um, you know, a teen is, is I'll meet with the parents first, just to give them that that opportunity. And like I said, sometimes it's just a matter of a consult on the phone and, you know, providing a few strategies or suggestions of how to approach that teenager, you know, being flexible to be able to do what's necessary. If there are some changes that can be made that that help them to feel more comfortable. Okay. So you work with a parent through this process as well and how they can approach their loved one and the techniques that they, they can use to help as well. It's not just you with the teenager or young adult. Right, right. Now, the teenager still needs to have that confidential environment, okay, so that, it, you know, what they're talking about, what they're sharing stays confidential and private. But it's important to share with parents the skills and the strategies that are being taught so that they can support those in the home environment, as well as educating them uh, on safety type things, you know, what things to look for, how to monitor, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, boy, this has been so good. The, the, the pieces that you've added, I think, um, are, have been a huge help. I think one of the words that nobody likes to use when we hear depression and anxiety is suicide. Um, will depression get worse or become suicidal if it's not helped? Um, if we just ignore it, um, it, in your, in your professional opinion, do you feel that it will get worse? Um, it will lead to that direction. It it is the risk factor that we have to be concerned about. Okay. So you can look any direction and see that suicide is real. It really does happen. Um, typically the longer a person struggles with depression, the more helpless they become and the more likely they are to take action on, on those feelings and to and in those, you know, and take drastic measures. Um, hopelessness and helplessness 
are feelings and beliefs that are a serious red flag. So you really want to pay attention to that and, and um, just know that the longer a person stays depressed, the harder it is to treat. So there's a real reason to um, act sooner rather than, rather than later. Um, yeah, suicide, we need to help our teens understand that suicide is a permanent answer to a temporary problem. And when they're in the throes of that suicidal thinking and beliefs, it feels like there's no answer. It feels like it's never going to get better. And that's why they give up. But if we can help them see that, that it is a permanent answer to a temporary problem um, and, and help them see that there's other options. There was a, um, a person by the name of Kevin Hines that um, he, he visited a lot of our local high schools um, a couple of years ago and shared his story. You can see him on YouTube. Um, he has an amazing testimony. Um, he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and survived. Wow. One of the very few. And he had a powerful message for, for teens. And it, it, he, what he communicated from his, his personal experience was the instant he stepped off, jumped off that bridge, it was instant regret. Oh. But he couldn't take it back. Right. Hmm. So permanent answer to a temporary problem. Hmm. That's good. That's really good. Um, if I'm a parent though, and I bring up the topic of suicide, my fear is now my teenager is going to consider it. Um, do I wait for them to bring the topic up and hope that they will, if they're considering it, or do I approach my teenager, my young adult, if I feel that needs to be approached? How, how do I get over the fear of I bring it up, now I put that thought in their mind? Right, right. Uh, excellent question, uh, because it makes everybody uncomfortable to talk about it. Okay, but the reality is that, that you do need to talk about it. Um, some people think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause my, my uh, teen to think about suicide. Like I'm going to somehow give them the suggestion. That is just a myth. Okay. Talking about suicide does not cause suicide. Um, talking about it, again, is, is oftentimes that link that can help them to know that they're not alone. And talking about it is that first step to being able to manage those emotions and those feelings and figuring out what to do next. So you absolutely want to talk about it. You need to take action. You need to take that first step. Don't wait for them to come to you. They may not. Okay. Good. Well, Two more things we're going to end with. I want you to give us your information because I highly recommend whether they're a family in our church or um, somebody in the Toledo area um, that is needing help that identifies with what you're saying. I want them to know that um, you're a, you are a resource. So in just a moment, I want you to give them information and how they can contact you. Um, phone, email, looking on your website, however you think they need to do that. But before we go there, the word depression, suicide, anxiety, brings such a stigma about it. Um, people can feel shame. Um, people can feel um, 
it can maybe make things worse. Think I'm, I'm the only one out here that's dealing with this or only, you know, attach to mental health. When people hear the word mental health, that's a stigma um, that nobody wants to think that they're there, um, that they have those problems. And if I do, people will look down on me. What, what message do you have that's to someone, whether it be a parent right now or a young person that's dealing with this in their home? What, what message do you have for them? Yeah, I, I, I think knowing that you're not alone, okay? Um, you know, that 28% of just teens, you know, that, that tells you there's a lot of people out there struggling. Yeah. And um, you don't want to suffer in silence. You, you want to reach out and know that there's support. Know that, that depression, again, is not, it's not a character flaw. It's, mm-hmm. Nobody chooses to, to be depressed. There are choices um, that you will have throughout that, that condition. And as you're working through it, but, but nobody chooses to be depressed. Okay, so it, it's not a flaw. Uh, it, it's, it's, it is treatable. It is something that you can work through. Um, and, and like I said, the confidentiality piece is, is important. Um, but my experience has been once you can allow that and they see the, and experience the benefits from that, that just getting those feelings out Getting those thoughts out is is a relief. So yeah. it's it's burdensome to to suffer alone, yeah. and um, it is it is again one of the most common things that that, that we treat. So you really aren't alone, right. uh, despite what you feel. Yeah. Part of the I think problem in Christianity is people think that uh, it's a it's a spiritual thing. So if I'm battling depression, I must not be right with God or I must have sin in my life. Mm-hmm. They only see anxiety and depression as a spiritual problem. A person can be depressed. A person can deal with anxiety and still be right with the Lord, still be in his word and still be walking with the Lord and mm-hmm. praying. Um, yeah, that's right. So that's a, that's a stigma that many Christians feel like I'm wrong or I must not be right with the Lord. But right. that's not true. Right. I, I think we have to understand that, that, you know, there's that spiritual realm, but there's also a, a mental and a physical realm, too. And so when, when we're depressed, we tend to uh, question God. We tend to ask things like, where are you, God? You know, why, why am I struggling? And, and, and even begin to doubt that faith we begin to doubt even the existence of God because of what we're going through that struggle. And, um, we know that we're going to have struggles. And so, um, you know, those thoughts that we're alone, that God has left us, God doesn't love us anymore. You know, those are straight from, from, from the mouth of Satan. And, and that separates us even more from God. And so we just have to recognize that that's a lie and that we aren't alone. And yes, we know we're going to have struggles. We know that, that God understands that intimately and will come along beside us and walk with us. And the family of God, the church body, can also play such an important role in this. Um, something I didn't say before, but, you know, is really important when we're talking about resources is that, you know, it's not just the professional resources that, that 
the uh, pastors, uh, teen leaders, you know, youth leaders and things also come around and, and have a very important part in that, in that support system. It, it takes a lot because it's emotionally draining sometimes to walk that path with someone. So, so the more you have and the more people that are, a, that are able to connect and keep that sense of belonging and value and worth in a person, the, the better off they're going to be. I, I think you've been a huge help. You've said there's so many nuggets that you have said, um, obviously coming from experience, coming from your training, depression is not a character flaw. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. You're a bad person. Um, that, that is huge. And the message of hope. There's, there's hope. So depression is not the end. It's a temporary thing. And anxiety is not the end. There is hope. There, there is resources. So the, to, the parent, to the parent that's out there saying, I don't feel like there's hope. I'm living this. This is, you know, I, I brought that child into this world, beautiful baby. Never dreamed we would have the issues we're having now. Um, and they said, I want, I want help. How can someone reach out to you? What's a resource, um, a way they can, they can contact you and find that confidential help for them and for their children? Right, right. Yeah, like I said, I'd be more than happy to talk. Um, you know, and, and, and schedule an appointment. Um, you can reach me directly at 419-724-7427. Um, there's a website, NorthwestOhioChristianCounseling.com. Um, there's, um, you can click on my tab, read a, read a bio. You can schedule an appointment right from the uh, website. Or like I said, you could call. Okay. And you do um, take insurance as well. That's correct. So family, family. Um, can go through their insurance. Great. Right. Well, Kelly, I think that um, you have been so helpful and um, not just in identifying it, but giving the message of hope. And um, as a Christian, we know there's hope because of, of Christ. And exactly. one of the things that I, I admire about what you're doing is you're giving that clinical help. You're giving that help with the message of hope through a Christian perspective as well. And um, uh, not leaving Christ out of the solution. And we're all in the image of God. We're all important to God. And um, every individual person is important. There's not one that's not important. And there's not one person that's too far gone that there's not, they can't have help. And right. Right. so I really appreciated those things that you said today. And I really encourage a parent or a teenager that is looking for help to call you to get on your website and uh, don't delay. I, probably the hardest thing is that first initial phone call, right? And making that appointment, there's so much fear in that. But I encourage you, if you're watching this program, to please reach out. And um, I know you will find the help, the resources you need. And if this is the first avenue to do that, um, then um, putting this series together, I think has been a benefit. So Kelly, thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much for your and uh, contributing to this series on dealing with um, anxiety and depression. Thank you so much.